Good, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you are here today. We welcome you and uh, hope God is going to bless you in a very special way as we have gathered in Christ's name uh, to worship our Lord and to fellowship with one another. So we welcome you here today. I'd like to remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each, each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. Got several things happening uh, I'd like to call to your attention. Um, first of all, uh, it has never been, we have never been accused of not eating around here, so we, we seem to do that frequently, and, and that's okay, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, we, we, see, uh, we see Christ doing that a lot as he walked from place to place, so, so we want to follow in the ways of Christ. Um, but we're going to be eating today. After the worship service at 1 o'clock, we're going to be gathering again uh, at Audubon State Park. We're going to the Lakeview Pavilion. We have that reserved, and we're going to be having a picnic. So we invite you all to come and uh, share this time at the picnic today, and, uh, and we'll have just, just a lot of fun just kind of gathering and fellowshipping and doing some activities, and, uh, uh, and everyone is welcome, and I hope that you can make it uh, this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Also coming up in just a couple of weeks, we have the, the Highway 60 yard sale, and um, 
and barbecue that we're going to be having here at the church. And so we invite you to bring your junk uh, to the church. We have a room upstairs. You can place the things that you would like to donate for us to sell. Uh, or, or back in the back room here uh, in the children's wing, we, we invite you to bring that along. Um, and also, we are doing our barbecue during that time as well. We're going to be selling um, uh, chickens uh, that we'll be cooking on, on the smokers. And also, we'll be uh, fixing pork chops while we're here and hot dogs and hamburgers. But we pr- we're pre-selling the chickens. So let me invite you to take some tickets, uh, drop by the office and pick up some tickets and take those and pre-sell those. Uh, so that we can uh, know how many to fix and and have those prepared ahead of time. Also, our hoops and cheers basketball and cheerleading program is uh, is is up and running, and we're about to start our practices. I think next week, and but we could still use a few volunteers to to fill in some some <laughs> spots there that we need some help with. Uh, so we invite you to see one of our. Um, Uh, Hoops and Cheers uh, commissioners for that, and uh, we we can plug you in. It's great to uh, share this time. Oh, we got got enough? Oh, good, good. Fall Festival. We're looking ahead. End of October. uh, uh, October 31st. uh, uh, Lana has some sign-up sheet for volunteers, so see Lana and, uh, and be plugged into that. Thank you, Lana. And we got blood drive that's coming up in October too. So we've got a lot of things, lot of things coming up. So let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord, if you're able, and uh, let's just share the love of Christ with one another.
us pray together. Before time existed, O oh God, you were there. Before the world came into being, you just were. And long after this creation fades away, you will continue to be. Humanity is such a small part of all that is, and yet we fool ourselves into believing that we are invincible. But you know better, don't you? You know our weaknesses and our propensity for destruction. We wage wars against our enemies, against our neighbors, and even against ourselves because we are lost and afraid of our own frailty. And so today we long for you to come to us as you have come before to lead us out of all that prevents us from being your people. Grant us the courage, O oh God, to follow your way that leads us to freedom. You are the God who saves and we are a people in need of saving. Much has cluttered our lives, making it hard for us to experience the wonder and the awe of your presence. We worry over news of, of storms and hate crimes and death and destruction, acts of war, threats and counter-threats between us and North Korea. We worry about the anger and the ignorance of our own politicians and the sicknesses of people that we love, our own struggles to find health and wholeness. And we confess that we are so caught up in our worries and busyness that we forget that you are God and we are not. You are present in all of those broken places in our lives and all throughout the world. And you are waiting for us to turn to you for healing and for justice and for peace. Long before we drew lines on our, our maps that separate one people from another, you claimed all of us as your beloved people. And your capacity for grace and forgiveness is, is beyond all understanding. But what do we do in response? We hold on to petty anger. We hold the grudge. We snip at one another with words that lack love and grace. We are a forgiven people, a people that's called to live in love. So remind us again, O oh God, of just how much you have forgiven us so that we can remember to withhold our harsh judgments against others. May we seek to live in your love always responding to hatred and violence with compassion and forgiveness. Let us not try your patience any longer with our selfish ways. Instead, we pray that you would ignite the fire within our hearts so that we may become beacons of hope for all who come seeking you. For it is in your name we pray this. Amen.
morning. All right, this morning we're going to talk about forgiveness. Has anyone ever had a time where someone made you really upset? (laughs) No, you guys haven't had any? Okay, just some examples. Don't use names. But say a time when you were really upset. Marley, what do you got? Oh, because you couldn't ride bikes at Busy Bees. Okay. Okay, so were you a little bit upset with the teacher because you wanted to ride the bike? Anybody else want to share? No one? Okay, well, I was a little, I'm sorry. Okay, so last night um, there was a little kid who was very disrespectful to me at a birthday party, and I was very upset. And I had feelings of anger. What other feelings do you have whenever someone makes you upset? Hunter? Really mad, Marley? Sad. Anybody else? How about sometimes you don't trust them? Um, Your feelings are hurt. It just kind of makes you sad. Okay. How about Hunter, come help me? you to put this backpack on okay all right Ron's going to help you out when we get angry because someone's ugly to us turn around that's something that we hold on to right and sometimes we get sad when people are ugly to us Um, we don't trust them right and what else We just feel bad all around, right? So when we don't forgive people, we carry around all of these feelings that weigh us down. Is that heavy? (laughs) You're supposed to say yes, Hunter. If you carry this around for a long time, it would be really heavy. It would probably hurt your back. You just wouldn't feel as good or as fast or as ready for the world as you would if you got rid of those feelings, right? So when we get rid of the anger and the sadness and the mistrust and the overall feeling of being bad, the weight's lifted from us, and it makes us have a better day, right? So my lesson today is that if you let go of those feelings, it makes your life better, and it shows compassion for other people who do wrong to us, right? What do you got, Marley? Uh (coughs) And it makes you mad, right? So just like last night when I was upset with the little girl for being rude and disrespectful, you have to let that go and be compassionate because you don't know what other people's lives are like or what they go through on a daily basis. So we need to learn to be like God wants us to be and shine our light and let go of those ugly feelings, right? So if you guys will pray with me, we'll let you go upstairs. Dear Father, thank you for 
giving yourself to forgive us of all of our sins. Um, Please let us shine our light through you and give us courage and compassion to forgive others of their sins against us. In your name we pray. Amen. you are the owner and we are the managers of what you entrust to us. Help us understand that just as we want our children to grow up to be grateful and generous adults, you want us to grow spiritually and become grateful and generous Christians. Help us to 
live for you each day and to generously share the time, talents, treasures, and things you have given us. In your name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For the reason of the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payments to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity of him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But the same slave as he went out came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went to and reported to their Lord 
all that had taken place. This is the, then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord changed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you. If you <coughs> do not forgive your brother and sister from your heart, this is the word of the Lord.
Thanks for that enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank you, choir. Uh, guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, a passage in, in Hebrews, I believe it is, that talks about removing all of the weight of sin and things that hold us back, that it will enable us to run the race of life unhindered. And I thought about that with our children's moment today. You know, it's kind of hard to run a race with a backpack full of bricks, isn't it? So we need to shed ourselves of those things. Um, so a little serendipitous connection there. Um, Pastor John Ortberg tells a, a funny story about an umpire in a softball league. And, and it seems that one day during the off season, he was driving down the road and the umpire got pulled over by a police officer for, for speeding. And so he pleaded for mercy, explaining that he was normally a, a very good driver, and he told why on that particular day he had to be in a hurry. But the officer didn't buy it. He said, tell it to the judge. Well, when softball season rolled around, the umpire was umpiring the first game of the season. And guess who the first batter was? It was that very same police officer who had given him that speeding ticket earlier. And they recognized each other, and it was a little bit of an awkward moment there. And, and so the police officer said, how, how did that ticket thing go? How did, how did thing, things go with that ticket? And with a menacing look on his face, the umpire replied, you better swing at everything. <laughs> That umpire was set for revenge. Well, sometimes revenge can be deliciously sweet. And yet most of us understand that vengeance is not really a satisfactory response to being hurt, is it? Especially for those of us who claim to follow the ways of Christ. But neither is carrying around a load of, of burden, a load of hurt feelings on our backs, in our backpacks, carrying those bricks around with us. That's, that's not an answer either. So what do we do? Well, the answer to that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. But how do we do that? Forgiving someone who has hurt us is not an easy thing to do. In fact, it, for, for, it, it may be one of the most difficult things that we as Christians are called on to do. How do we overcome our painful emotions? How do we reconcile with someone who has done us wrong? Well, that's what our lesson for today is all about. Simon Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive a brother or a sister who has sinned against me? As many as, as seven times, up to seven times? And, and, and this was a sin, sincere question for Peter. Simon truly wanted to know what Jesus expected from him. The prominent rabbis of his day were, were teaching that, that a person should forgive someone who had done them wrong uh, uh, three times, up to three times. And Peter wondered if that was enough. And, and we don't really know what prompted this question by Peter. Maybe someone had hurt Peter in some way. Maybe, maybe he felt that the other disciples were picking on him or something like that. And so, and so he asked Jesus this important question, Lord, 
how many times do I forgive my brother or my sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And you know what? I'll just bet that some of you are out there sitting in your seat right now, and you'd like the answer to that question yourself, wouldn't you? I mean, forgiveness is a big problem in our lives, isn't it? I would imagine that there is not a person in this room who has not been wronged by someone. All of us have been wronged by someone, haven't we? And, and it's so very difficult for us to let go of those, those feelings of anger and resentment and perhaps even hatred. So how many times do we, do we have to forgive? Well, Jesus' answer was this. I'll tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Wow. That's a lot. And some of you are sitting there thinking, ah, that's, that's a little much to ask from us mere mortals. And yet, believe it or not, Jesus is looking out for our best interest here. For you see, forgiveness is, is for our benefit just as much as it, as it is for the person that we are forgiving. And so our question for te- today is, how do we forgive? Well, let's begin by asking, why do, we, why do we find it so hard to forgive? I think, we, I think there's a consensus here that it is hard to forgive, right? It's a hard thing to do. But why is it so hard to do? Let's ask that for, for a moment. Well, obviously, I think one reason to that is that the pain is so deep that it's hard for us to forgive. When we are hurt by someone, it is deep. And it's hard to get over those pain, that pain. Many of you are probably familiar with a man whose name has become synonymous with forgiveness. He is uh, the retired South African bishop, Desmond Tutu. You remember him. You've, you're familiar with him, I'm sure. After a long and, and brutal struggle to defeat apartheid in South Africa. It was Bishop Tutu who set up the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which gave a mechanism for black people in in South Africa to publicly forgive those who had done them serious harm. He felt that it was important for the people who had been harmed to be able to forgive those who had harmed them. And so he set up this mechanism for, the, for this forgiveness to take place. It was one of the most stud, stunning events in, in history, literally. People who had their family members who had been tortured and sometimes even murdered by police officers were able to confront those officers who had committed these atrocities and publicly forgive them. Maybe the reason Tutu could be so effective in this role is that he himself had to deal with a very personal battle of forgiving someone who had harmed a loved one. In a book that he wrote, his book titled The Book of Forgiving, Tutu tells about how as a boy he had to watch helplessly 
as his father verbally and physically abused his mother. He says that he can still recall the smell of of alcohol coming from his father's lips. He can still see the fear in his mother's eyes. He can still feel the hopeless despair that comes when we see people that we love hurting each other in incomprehensible ways. He says that he would not wish that experience upon anyone, especially a child. He writes, if I dwell in those memories, I can feel myself wanting to hurt my father in the same ways he hurt my mother. I see my mother's face and I see this gentle human being whom I love so very much and who did nothing to deserve the pain inflicted upon her. And when I recall this story, I realize how difficult the process of forgiving truly is. He says, intellectually, I know that my father caused this pain because he himself was in pain. And spiritually, I know that my faith tells me that my father deserves to be forgiven just as God has forgiven me. But it is still difficult. The traumas we have experienced live on in our memories. And even years later, they can cause us pain. Every time we remember them. Some of you can probably relate to this experience that Tutu is is sharing with us today. Maybe the experience of an abusive parent. Or maybe it was a teacher or a friend or a sibling or a spouse who abused us in some way. But somewhere along the way, someone has hurt us. It's universal. We all get hurt. And we can still feel that pain. And for some of us, that pain is so intense that it's, it's just easier to cut that person out of our lives than it is to even try to forgive them. And that's probably one reason it's so hard to forgive. It's because of the pain that's just so deep. But pride can also get in the way of forgiving others, can't it? as well as a mistaken sense of principle. And we think to ourselves, well, I'm not going to forgive you. That'll show you. You know? And then there are are well-meaning people in our lives. There are family members and friends who may encourage our estrangement. Surely you're not going to forgive that person. After what they did to you. And they probably mean well, but they just don't understand that forgiveness is for us. They don't understand our own need for healing and putting things behind us. You see, our inability to forgive others can have a devastating effect on our lives as well as the lives of others. My friends, holding on to to resentment, That can shorten our lives. That can poison our memories. It can weaken our relationship with God and even affect our own feelings of self-worth. Not to mention the damage that it does to the relationship with that person that we can't forgive. Several years ago, 
There was a book uh, that came out titled To Forgive is Human. We've always heard that to forgive is divine, but this book says that to forgive is human. And the subtitle was How to Put Your Past in the Past. It was written by three doctors who evaluated the various benefits of moving past resentment to forgiveness. And here here are three of those benefits that they list. First of all, when you let go of past hurts and learn how to forgive, there is a physical benefit to our lives. Attitudes of bitterness and hostility and resentment are they're like poisons in our body. They, and these doctors say that chronic anger and hostility, they can be more toxic to our health than being a smoker or having a high fat diet, eating a high fat diet. So there are physical benefits for forgiveness. Secondly, there, it, there is a psychological benefit to forgiveness because many people uh, with anger and bitterness, people who harbor those things, they, they become bitter and angry people. And they're held hostage by their own bitterness. We've seen it. We've seen people get bitter in their lives because of something that's happened in their lives. And then finally, there's a relational benefit. Because any time you, you move in forgiveness towards someone that you consider to be an enemy, you open up the door for the possibility of reconciliation. These doctors say that there is a high price to pay from holding on, for hold, holding on to resentment and hatred. But how do we let them go? That's the hard part, isn't it? How do we let it all go? Let me suggest three ways. First of all, we let go by recognizing that forgiveness is a gift from God. Each and every one of us has been forgiven. True confession? Raise your hand. Yeah. Each and every one of us. I saw those that didn't raise your hand. (laughs) Each and every one of us, even those that didn't raise your hand, Each and every one of us has been forgiven. And because of that, we're able to forgive others. Jesus followed his answer to Peter with a story about a man who owed his king 10,000 bags of gold. Now, today gold sells for over $1,300 an ounce. So you think about 10,000 bags of gold, that's a lot of money, isn't it? You think about how much that's worth, that, that could be trillions of dollars. And so it's amazing that this king would forgive such an enormous debt as this. But here's another, another amazing thing. That same man who had been forgiven this huge debt had an acquaintance who owed him 100 denarii, 100 silver coins, perhaps worth a few hundred dollars, And this very same man who had a trillion dollars forgiven would not forgive this comparably small debt owed to him by his acquaintance. And to make matters even worse, when his uh, debtor could not uh, repay, he had him thrown into jail. 
the contrast could not be more profound. One man had been forgiven a trillion dollars, and that same man was unwilling to forgive a few hundred dollars. And of course, Jesus was not simply a talking about one man in one, in a, uh, one particular place. He was talking about you and me. My friends, we have been forgiven by God. We are all sinners saved by grace. We have been forgiven an enormous debt in our lives. And if we are able to see that, then it can be a powerful antidote for our feelings of resentment over someone who has done us wrong. We remember just how much God has forgiven us, and that enables us to forgive others. It's kind of like a little boy who had done something um, very naughty, and his mother was quite upset by his behavior. And up in the kitchen, there was a chalkboard where they wrote phone messages and things like that. And, and when no one was around, this troubled little boy went to the chalkboard and wrote, Dear Mom, if you forgive me, please wipe this message out. And so he went to his room about an hour later and came back to discover that the chalkboard had been completely erased. That's what God has done for us. Can't we do the same for people who have hurt us? We forgive because God has forgiven us. In the second place, we need to recognize that forgiveness is the most powerful witness that we have to the activity of grace in our lives. It's not easy, but it's something we're called to do. The great Christian writer C.S. Lewis struggled for many years to forgive a, a, a childhood teacher. He was harboring this from childhood. He, he had a hard time forgiving this childhood teacher who had made his life miserable. And just before his death, he wrote a letter to a friend and he said, Do you know that only a few weeks ago I realized that I had finally forgiven this cruel schoolmaster who had so darkened my childhood. I'd been trying to do it for years, and each time I thought I'd done it, I found after a week or so that it, was, that it all had to be attempted again. But this time I feel sure that it's the real thing. This was C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was one of the most influential Christian writers of the 20th century, and yet he was also a human being. And he struggled mightily to forgive this headmaster. But he knew that his witness for Christ would not be complete, completely authentic until he had somehow managed to forgive him. And that he was able to finally achieve that forgiveness is a testimony to the power of Christ's amazing grace. For you see, there are some things in life that that we can only set right with God's help. We can't do it on our own. And if we're left to our own devices to forgive one another, it probably won't happen. For some of us, nursing a grudge has become a deep spiritual problem and it weakens our witness to Christ's, reckon, uh, Christ's presence in our, in our lives. It prevents us from being effective in our ministry to others and and so we need to realize that forgiveness is a gift from God 
that we need to pass on to others. And we also need to realize that forgiveness is the most powerful witness that we have to the reality of God's grace in our own lives. And then finally, we need to recognize that forgiveness is something that we need to do for the healing and the wholeness of our own hearts. For our benefit, we need to forgive. Reader's Digest once asked its readers to complete the sentence, I never regret, dot, dot, dot. Here are some of the responses that they received. I never regret the day I quit smoking. Sandy Biss of Elbow Lake, Minnesota. I never regret taking naps and leaving large tips. Rhiannon Ray of Hershey, Pennsylvania. I never regret serving my country. Sharon Parsons of Oak Hill, Ohio. I never regret eating the last cookie. Christina Hicks of Clarksville, Tennessee. And listen to this last response. I never regret forgiving the person who caused me pain, which gave me relief that I never thought I could have. Erica Jones of New York, New York. Erica Jones is a very smart person. And she learned about the power of forgiveness. Philosopher Hannah Arendt once said that forgiveness is the only power which can stop the stream of painful memories. Now please understand, forgiveness is not simply a passive resignation to a bad situation. It's it's not just shrugging our shoulders and saying, well, there's nothing else I can do, I might as well forgive. That's not it. There's not much healing in that kind of forgiveness. But true forgiveness, it's a positive, joyful activity in which we move from a position of weakness to a position of strength. We move from a position of inadequacy to to self-affirmation, from a position of, of, of feeling bad to feeling good about ourselves. And it allows us to experience within our own lives the power and the presence of the Spirit of Christ. So I want, I want you to think for a minute this morning. I'm going to leave you with homework, okay? I want you to think for a moment. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? An unfaithful spouse? An overbearing parent? A friend who stabbed you in the back? Maybe an employer who's taken advantage of you. We've all been there. And I know there's pain. But the most powerful witness that we have to the action of God's grace in our lives is the ability to forgive others. And as we forgive, we heal. Not only the wounds of a broken relationship, but we also find healing for, for wounds in our own hearts that are inflicted by anger and hurt and resentment. God has forgiven each of us 
for every sinful thought and act and deed that we are capable of. So can't we, can't we forgive one another? Three times? Seven times? Seventy-seven times? Forgiveness allows us to find the emotional and mental and spiritual freedom that only Christ can give us. So, here's your homework. Think about that person that you need to forgive today and reach deep down into your soul and do it. Forgive them. You'll feel better. Amen. You know, the only way we can forgive, don't you hate it when a preacher finishes a sermon and starts another one right away? (laughs) The only way that we can really forgive is because of the amazing grace of, of God. God has shown us how to do that. Through God's amazing grace, we are forgiven. I think we need to sing about that, don't you? Let's sing together. Amazing grace. How sweet.
like on me to ask. Thank you. 